I'm going to share with you this morning some gospel kingdom foundational truths. And as I do say, that we're, we're reminded of them, that we might remember them in order that we can repeat them in conversations that the Lord will create for you in this coming week. Paul speaks a great deal in that letter to, Philippi, to the church in Philippi there about ambition. And so I wonder, how ambition, how ambitious are you? What kind of ambitions do you still have for your life? What kind of ambitions might you have for your family or friends or the church here in the Upper Dale? Ambition has been described as the desire for success. And I guess we all like success, don't we? You know, what we put our hands to and what we give time to, we would like it to be successful. And that's all right, that's good. And ambition can be a a real driving force for good. But Reverend Nicky Gumbel, you know, the guy who wrote the, the Alpha Course, he says, in the end, ambition can boil itself down to just two particular expressions. The first is this, ambition for our self-glory. And the other is ambition for God's glory. And so I wonder where our ambitions lie this morning. Paul was a fiercely ambitious man. He had great ambition uh, and and zeal for for his religion, for Judaism that he was uh, very high up within. His credentials in that area were second to none. This ambition made him a very proud man. And this pride led him to persecute the early church in a very thorough and effective but brutal manner. He imprisoned the early disciples of Jesus. He had them flogged. In some cases, he had them executed. He was ambitious in his zeal to wipe out Christianity. And then he met the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus and everything changed. He was still an incredibly ambitious man, but this ambition was now redirected. It was redirected towards the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And he writes that the confidence And the pride that he had in all that self-ambition and achievement became nothing to him once he discovered who Jesus was. And he writes in the most graphic way. He he says it in our version, is really quite genteel. And in most translations of the Bible, this particular verse has been so camouflaged. In our version it says, next to knowing Jesus Christ, everything I have ever accomplished or value has become like rubbish. Other translations say garbage, 
refuge, waste. Some go close to the actual meaning and say has become like dung. Now, if you want the really close translation, then get on your online Bibles, your version Bible, and look up the 14th century translation by Wycliffe. And there you will see what he was really talking about. He does not mince his words, Paul. He's saying, look, everything I had, all the ambitions that I had, all the achievements I had are absolutely nothing compared to what I've discovered in Jesus Christ. And he redirects his ambition. And the first thing that he realises is that his ambition shouldn't be about following a religion. Now, that was a massive revelation to Paul. It wasn't about him following a religion anymore. Now, that came as a, as a shock for him because he was top of the tree. I mean, that list that he gives at the beginning of our reading this morning from Philippians 3 makes that clear. He was, he was top of the tree with that. But the great theologian Karl Barth said this. He says, Jesus Christ came to destroy human religion. What did he mean by that? What did he mean by that? Religion, no matter what religion it is, is man's attempt to draw close to what he sees as God. It doesn't matter what religion that is, it's man's attempt. And in that attempt to get close to God, it comes with loads of rules, regulations, laws and procedures to try and get us right before a God. No matter of what we do, no amount of trying to be good is never going to be good enough to be right before God. That's why God sent Jesus. And Paul discovers this. Christianity isn't about us making peace with God. It's all about God making peace with us through his son, Jesus Christ. It's not about us striving to get close to God, but it is all about God coming close to us. And so I wonder this morning, how ambitious are we to experience that? How ambitious are we to experience the fullness of what God has got for us through Jesus? Let's not hide behind religious practices because you know, no matter how long we've been maybe walking as a disciple of Jesus, we can so easily fall into the trap, can't we? That gets us thinking, well, if I do this and I do that, I'm sure God will be pleased with me. I'll just earn a few more smiles from the Lord or whatever. Nothing we can do, nothing you can do, once you are in Jesus Christ, nothing you can do can make the Lord love you anymore. Or any less. But the devil loves to get us to go down that path of you better work a bit harder. 
You better be a bit nicer. Yeah, of course we want to be good. Of course we want to be nice. Of course we want to be loving and kind. But not because we think we're going to get any badges from the Lord. No, we want to do it because that's an expression of our love for him. Isn't it? Our thanks to him. That's why we want to be like that. But the devil loves to take us down that path. And he loves it because when we go down that path, what we're doing is we're saying, Jesus, your death on the cross just wasn't enough. You see the danger in that. And the devil loves to take us down that path. It is not about what we do or not do. It's all about what he has already done for us. And we constantly need reminding of that, don't we? Paul writes, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. That's what makes us right before God. That's what the world needs to hear. Constantly. From us. You. Because I'm getting to some places that you can't. You can get into a load more places that I can't. And we're all involved in it. In telling others that good news. Now in September... I, I did some teaching on what was called the unfairness of grace. I'd, I recommend that you might go to it. You can find it on the podcast. You can find it on the website. And the reason I say that is because that's what our faith is all about. That's not to, to bring any glory to me in any way. It's all about glory to Jesus on that one. So if you get the chance, please remind yourself of the wonder of this. So my first question to you is this. How might we be more ambitious to know Christ more deeply? How might we be more ambitious to know Christ in all his fullness? And then Paul goes on. He, he wanted to know and to experience the full power of Jesus Christ that work in his life. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. That's verse 10. He was hungry. He was ambitious to experience that full power of Christ. That Christ's promise is in us. Christ in you. The hope of glory, Paul writes in Colossians. And Paul isn't talking here about some ooky spooky new age sense of yeah Christ's in all of us and all of us are in Christ and isn't it nice no he's saying on the back of what Jesus said being born again is a decision we make and in that decision comes privilege and comes authority and comes power and that's the promise that Jesus has given to each and every one of us. The power of him living in us to make a difference. And oh my word, the world needs the church. <laughs> really needs the church right now to know who she is in that. And to stop apologising for the glory of Jesus. <laughs> in the way that we sometimes hide behind stuff. And live our lives in the power that Jesus has given us 
in the power of his resurrection. We sung about it in our opening hymn, about the power that Christ gives us. In Jesus Christ, I mentioned this last week when it comes to God's word, in Jesus Christ we are armed and we are dangerous. Now, looking out on you, I wonder how many of you are really feeling like that this morning. That's the reality. Don't go on what you feel like. Work on the truth. In Jesus Christ, we are armed and dangerous to make a difference to the world. Brilliant, isn't it? That's a kingdom truth. And a gospel truth. And then finally, Paul speaks about the future with hope and excitement and anticipation. He says, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal. We can look to the past. We can learn from the past. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are not called to live in the past. We're called to live for today, for now. This is the moment. And we need to be living for him in all the fullness of that right now. And the goal, heaven itself. Paul's image is that he uses there is one of an athlete straining. You know when they've been running and they're up to the last few yards or whatever. And they lean their bodies forward, straining to reach the line. It's that sense of anticipation that Paul is expressing here. Now, many of you know that my wife Sarah is a, a noted Christian songwriter, published Christian songwriter. One song in particular... I I love and I cherish and the recording of it was shared at a conference of international Christians in Jerusalem a number of years ago and the song is called The Best Is Yet To Be and one of the stanzas in that goes like this the road is fair in the sunrise such beauty does withhold its narrow way And the Lord is there, preparing it for you. Only the best for you, says he. Yes, the best is yet to be. And that's what Paul is talking on there. That ambition for the Lord. So my final question this morning... How ambitious are we to learn and to live in the knowledge of what it means to be an heir of the kingdom of God, a co-heir with Jesus Christ? How ambitious are we to discover that, to know that, to live that out for God's glory? The best is yet to be. And oh, my heart aches for those who just think it's a load of nonsense and are heading to destruction. And it's our job to love them into truth. That's why we are here. That's why the church exists. 
to share that love. It's Peter, isn't it, who says, always be prepared to share the faith that is in you gently, lovingly, but in truth. Ambition for God. Let's close with a prayer, shall we? Lord, our judge, our saviour, may we open ourselves to your truth and trust in your love that we might live each and every day with the confidence in the salvation that you have given us through the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ. Raise us up, Lord, we pray. Raise your church. Armed and dangerous with your word, and the authority that you have given us against the kingdom of darkness. That we might be bold and confident in who we are. In and through Jesus Christ. Now we pray this for your glory. And right now, just think of a place or a person that is on your heart that you long for them to know the fullness of life in Jesus Christ.